Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday, and welcome to the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. How's it going, Mike? It is going well. We are in uh, mid-December here. The holiday season is upon us. Uh, feels like just yesterday it was, I don't know, Halloween, but uh, we, we are at Christmas time officially, huh, Mike? Dude, time has been flying, and, uh, you know, this is actually our last regular episode of the year. Our next episode is going to be our year-end Necromaniacs extravaganza with all three yes, of yes. us. And we're going to run down our top six films of the of the uh, year, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of had a tough time coming up with that list this year. Honest, not for the same reasons that 2023 had a mm-hmm. hard time. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I'll say this just without, you know, uh, putting the cart before the horse for that a fun episode coming up. Um, I initially was like, oh, Jesus, I, do I have six? Now I definitely I definitely have six now. So. You know, I, I I have probably seven, eight. There'll be like one or two, uh, you know, honorable mentions. But at one point, it was looking a little a little sketchy for me with with that top six. And I'm happy to say that uh, I, I'm just about there. <laughs> yeah, I have my list together at this point. I got some, you know, I got some honorable mentions. One and two are were easy. The first two, <laughs> top two, were easy for me, and yeah. then it actually fell in pretty good after that. So yeah, I, I got a pretty cool list, and I think. I think we'll have a lot of fun talking about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's going to be a great episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, yes, this year was a little troublesome, but there there were some bright spots, of course, right? I mean, it it wasn't all, you know, bombs, no? Yeah, no, it was, I, there was actually surprisingly a fairly decent amount of films. And I think that maybe because 2023, was such a kick-ass year that this year, yeah, yeah, 22, we're in 23, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, 2022 had so many that this year was like, felt like a little underwhelming, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. But before we get going, I just want to mention the passing of Mark Samuels. Um, uh, If you know who he is, that's great, but it's fairly obscure, uh, modern, weird fiction, uh, cosmic horror author who passed mm-hmm. just this past week, uh, passed away at the young age of 56 years old. And um, wow. some of his more notable work is uh, Face of Chaos, uh, Black Altar, uh, the short story White Hands, which our friends over at Cadabra Records released a uh, audio version of that on vinyl with uh, Mark Samuels reading it and uh, our friend uh, Chris Bozzone doing the score. Uh, so yeah, he'll be... Uh, a loss to the weird fiction cosmic horror world. And if anyone hasn't heard of his work, please go out and uh, try to find it. You know, even we won't be getting any more new material from him, but there's going to be a posthumous release of some stuff that he was working on. So uh, Mark Samuels, rest in peace. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. Um, I I should check his work out. I I trust your word and uh, I'm sure he's a wonderful writer. Yeah, I would recommend Face of Chaos to start with. That's a great, great one. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Where where was he from? British. British oh, guy. British guy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Gotcha, man. Rest rest in peace. Definitely definitely losing people this year. Hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um now to you know cheer things up a little bit. I just want to <laughs> shout out our brethren in the horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Of course, kicking off the week. Every other week, we have Brandon Legion bringing us Horror Wolf 666. He's killing it. He's got some incredible interviews up there. And uh definitely check him out. He's one of the crew. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, we have uh Jackie Smith's Into the Necrosphere the premier extreme music podcast. I mean, I gotta be honest, man. Like I look forward to Jackie every week and I'm, I'm a little mad at him for going on vacation right now, but you know, yes, that's a, he takes, the, he takes that very well deserved long ass break. Good for him though. You know, good for him. Yeah. You but know, yeah, I, I do kind of miss it though. I, I gotta yeah. say, I miss it. Yeah. I definitely miss it. And we're looking for his back to, you know, for his return. And I wish him, you know, have a great, a great holiday, as they say over in, in uh, Europe. Uh, yes, he's on holiday, but they say holiday. it so much better than us. Like they say the word holiday <laughs> better, right? Like it just it just doesn't it's that's not the same. Like when we say it, you know. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's cooler. It's cooler yeah. for them. 
Who else would have to do? On Wednesday, I come at you with uh, everything went black, which uh, it's kind of it's a it's a variety show of different things. Mm. And uh, yeah, you'll get stuff about music, not so much music as much as like just esoteric miscellaneous. At this point, we have mm-hmm. filmmakers, authors, other you know people in bands. Uh, and one of the other horsemen will be on there. We talk about books, all kinds of things. And uh, and of of course, Necro Thursday is Thursday, where me, Mike, and Jeff mm-hmm. deliver Necromaniacs horror podcast to you every week. You're listening to it right now, for God's sake. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming Browning. out Friday. That's right. Well, I'm going to jump in, Mike. Jump right I'm in. Excited. Go for it. Uh, forgive yes. me. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> Friday, we have none other than Spitball Media with uh, my very own. Uh, Older brother John Draper, uh, discussing all things movie, television, media, things of that nature, and they themselves will be doing a a top five each of the year. Michael, how about that? Okay, okay, fair enough. We will be tuning into that one. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Saturday, you get the day off, but uh, on Sunday, uh, you get yet another horseman. Uh, Soul Knox from Carl Hikara. Um, he's another one that kind of goes into different avenues too, huh? Yeah, definitely. He's got a lot of different types of uh, guests on there, uh, and just different subject matter. But the uh, the I guess the connective tissue is that it's all sort of um, dark, esoteric sort of stuff. Yeah, that gets, you know, with the, like an occult sort of bent to it, and then. Carl and I are also we're working on uh, the Darkness Weaves collaboration, which we we swap out each month. We talk about uh, a, a short story or novel in the future by Carl Edward Wagner, a uh, one similarly deceased uh, obscure writer, unfortunately obscure writer who has uh, written a bunch of stuff that has influenced a lot of people, and most of his work is out of print except for Kindle, but uh, his work of short horror fiction is available on Valancourt books, other friends of the show um, called in a lonely place. So go out and buy a copy of that. They've uh, you know, they're a great company. Check out the rest of their catalog too. Nice. Uh, we have one more horseman. Of course. Uh, Iblis manifestations brought to you by the shot by Cheyenne of the great band Trivax. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a little harder to pin down. Work, works yeah. on his own schedule. So <laughs> at just the right time, he deploys a brand new episode. So just do yourself a favor, subscribe to his stream. When it shows up, consider it a blessing. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, so on the music front, over the old weekend, Mr. Hill, I went to uh, a double shot of, of New York hardcore. Uh, I went to see uh, our friends, friends of the show, Sick of It All, uh, play at the Meadows. Uh, they played with uh, other friends of the show, Sub Zero, uh, this past Saturday, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a sold out show. Um, Sick of it all. Did this cool thing where they had the entire set was picked by the fans, actually. So they did some some tunes that they have not done in a while, and I have to say, turned out really really well because it was one of the best sick of it all shows I've seen in like two years. Like, and I, oh, I, I literally see them any time they play New York or Jersey pretty much. So, uh, but this one, like the, the energy was there and here, hearing some stuff from like scratch the surface and just look around. And even from like built to last, like I haven't heard in like a while. I was like, Oh shit, man. Like, you know, just, it reminds you of just how fucking ridiculously great they are, you know? Yeah, Sigurdahl's a, a a a you know a gift to the world, man. Honestly, they're they're just oh, a great yeah. band. Aside from being a great hardcore band, like they are literally an incredible band, and they have an incredible legacy. And you know, they're 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 one of the best, one of the greats. Absolutely. And then uh, took a stroll about 25, 30 feet up to the uh, Monarch to see a reunion show from uh, Side by Side, of course, the band on uh, Revelation Records back in the late 80s, uh, who only put out one seven inch, you know, uh, on Rev. I think it's like Rev number three or four. Uh, Somebody out there is getting mad at me for not knowing what number Rev that is. Uh, Forgive me. Uh, And then of course they were on, you know, like the way it is compilation and, you know, all that jazz. 
And, well, I don't know. There's that phrase called, sometimes you can't come home again. Have you heard that phrase before, Michael? I'm familiar with it, yes. Yeah, sometimes you can't come home again or go home again. And I don't know what it is. Look, everyone's getting older, right? And I would say the guys that side by side are, are a little than me. I'm 50. They're, they're probably mid 50s, you know. And they probably played because it was, I think, it's, you know, it's the 35th anniversary of the EP and whatever, which is cool. And, and Rev just reissued it as a 12 inch. But I feel like it it probably should be a one and done affair. I'm, I'll just I'll just say it, you know. I mean. I think sometimes when it comes to like straight edge music and certain types of hardcore music, I I can honestly say that unless you're the sick of it alls, unless you're the agnostic fronts, unless you've been, you've never stopped, you're the lifer band, legacy band, for some of the other older dudes to just come up and play, it does not have the impact or the feel that it perhaps should have do you, do you know what i'm saying i totally agree uh because if you think about it think about like you know i think about myself and i think about music that i made when i was like you know 18 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh how it has completely no relevance to my life right now and i, I can't <laughs> even imagine playing songs from the 80s or whatever late 1990 that i wrote and feeling any emotional connection to it and I just think that stuff is like you should let it let it fade away. And if you people have memories of that, they should just you know rejoice in those memories and not. And if you missed it, you missed it. You know, there's certain things I I won't see. I'll never see the Doors. You know. Yeah, like it's like yeah, I don't want to see a, a reunion with a Ray Manzarek. You know, and, and like Robbie Krieger with some dude looks like Jim Morrison. You know, I don't yeah, want to see I, anything like that. To, to that tune, I don't want to see Minor Threat. I don't want to see SSD. I don't want to see it. Like, I don't want to see certain bands. Like, again, other bands who didn't stop, who are road animals, who are fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, real musicians and real bands are out of the equation here when I say that, you know? Um, and look, I myself have done things just this year. I did a show with my old band, you know, from moons ago uh, to promote a record, right? But we weren't a youth crew band. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we weren't. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, when you're in your 50s, it's hard to claim being a youth crew band, you know? Right, like, Confusion wasn't about an image at all like it was about the music and the heaviness and you know it's a different vibe i think um and i just i don't know to kind of like larp a youth crew thing when it's really not your thing anymore is just kind of weird you know i don't know i agree some people may say i'm being a hater or being harsh and i'm not really being harsh it wasn't terrible it was it was pretty pretty good you know but I think I just was like, ultimately, you know what? I'm good if I don't see this again. That's kind of what what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. No, nah, I mean, you don't got to sell it on me, man. Like, this is like, yeah, I can't really relate to that kind of music, honestly, you know? And and that's just, you know, it's it's me, you know? I'm not going to pretend like I was a fan ever. It's just mm-hmm. my, my statement about reunions is just sometimes it's tired, you know, and like, a lot of it is just to pump up your ego and, you know, whatever. In some cases, not all, you know, but like, you know, some of these bands get together and, and they just, they keep going and doing these reunions. And mm-hmm. one particular band that I'm speaking about is a band that I actually like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. but I I really, they were one of my favorite bands out of the 90s hardcore scene. And, um, oh, great. Reunion. Cool. I was there. Another one. Right on. I'm going to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. But now it's like these motherfuckers are playing the same set. We're two years after that reunion, at uh, least two years. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. How You got me twice, three times, no more. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. Like when it comes to my band, look, we played a show and it was pricey and it was a bigger bands. So honestly, I, I do want to do it again because I want to play something smaller and much less money you know, at the door, like, so that's, that's a plan. And I think we're going to execute that plan. You know, um, am I putting my life on it? No. Am I 
putting it on the road. Not really. Um, you know, I don't know. Again, I, I don't want to be a hater. I, th these bands really meant a lot to me as, as a kid and growing up. And, you know, but I just feel like certain sub-sub-genres belong to a certain time. And you know what? If the younger kids really never got to see it and they want to see it now, okay, that's great. But I guess that's for them, and it's not really for me anymore, right? Yeah, but you, if you're a young kid and you, you're going to that, too, you're kind of playing yourself a little bit, too, you know? It's like, go out and support a current band. <laughs> go out and support a new band that's doing that style. Right, right, right. And are actually yeah, still straight up. There are straight up you know? bands out there somewhere. There's not a lot, yeah. though. Not yeah, a lot. Totally. Not a lot, but... You know, the thing with confusion, though, it's like you guys, you guys, uh, you know, the, the record got a proper release, like your mm. demo, right. you know, and it's like, it's a little bit different, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's an event, and that's yeah. how I saw, I see the Confusion reunion, you know what I mean? It's a little bit different, you know? But yeah, It's more underground, it's, it's you know, yeah. Rev, Rev is pretty, Rev is big, like, and the, it's been in print, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, right. it's not impossible to find side by side. For a while, it was kind of impossible to find Confusion, so it's apples and oranges to a degree. But, you know, again, if, if you were there and you're listening to this and you're screaming at me, uh, I apologize. But, uh, you know, or or if you don't care at all about this kind of hardcore and you just want to get to the horror, I, you know, it it is what it is. It was my musical tangent for the episode, listeners. There's always at least one of those. So, yeah. That's all good, man. You know, I've actually been laying low on shows because I've been working on new, working on new tombs material. Um, Great. You're going to be, uh, you know, we're demoing some stuff and writing about maybe three quarters of the way done writing a new album. So working on that. Hopefully have some uh, some show announcements coming up uh, once again, you know, we'll, yeah. you know, that, that'll be for next year, obviously. Um, some cool stuff that I checked out is uh, Birth Rebirth, which will come up again later in this episode. Oh, yes. On on uh, Shudder, The Offering on Hulu. Have you heard that one? Have you heard of that? Uh, I want to check that out, but I loved Birth Rebirth. I'm putting it out there. I loved it. Yep. I've been on this huge, me and uh, me and my lady Tina have been on this huge X-Files rewatch. So nice. we're into season two right now. Mm. Now remember back then, 24 episodes per season. Wow, that's right. It's a Holy huge commitment, shit. man. Yeah, it was all year long back oh, then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we're down. We're down for this this whole thing, man. So this is going to. Take us into uh, the spring, maybe. You know what I mean? Rewatching <laughs> the X-Files. So Yeah, yeah. And I discovered a, a new... I want to say that Brandon Legion told me about this. It's a show, a, a, a European show called Pagan Peak. Hmm. And um, you, can, you can get that on 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 uh, Prime. It's like, you, it's, I think it's one of those third-party, like Sky Network or something like that. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. It's a German-Austrian film. Uh, has true detective like vibes to it hmm. but but european okay. very very interesting characters just started watching really really cool shot really well incredible score very very cool so I'll, I'll give you guys an update on how that turns out excellent so very far cool. that sounds interesting um yeah i've you know i've been catching up on the movies man i i don't want to yeah. talk about the movies i've been watching because i've been catching up on them and they're going to appear on another episode so nice uh i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm battening battening down the hatches i guess you could say but i am enjoying uh from the non-horror tip fargo this new season of oh, Fargo, yeah. man whoo lordy oh yeah gangbusters dark yep. you know some really dark scenes love it i i've i've often also enjoyed these tv show fargo but i haven't seen the new season yet so that's on my list for sure yeah you're, you're gonna dig this brand new season man you're, you're gonna like it it's, it's it's better than the two prior in my opinion so nice. and it's got uh, my boy john ham uh in there oh yeah i'm you know huge madman fan so um but uh yeah we are uh, we are ready to discuss tonight's uh oh, feature film. we got we got some well, no, necro not ready that's right yeah we got a couple <laughs> callers man so we do we do have two good calls actually yeah very good calls um so you, anyone out there wants to drop us a line please do so on the necro phone that is 908-913-0782 908-913-0782 first up we got benji from georgia hey uh mike mike and jeff this is benji from georgia 
A long-time listener, uh, I have, uh, gosh, I was just looking it up on Podbean. Thanks for um, kind of reminding us that all the episodes are on there. I believe it was around episode number 12. It was a holiday episode with Bone Tomahawk and Silent Night. It was the first episode I listened to you guys uh, on. It was a recommendation from another one of Mike's brothers, uh, Kevin, had just dropped a comment about uh, your guys' podcast on a podcast he was on back in probably 2015. So I've been listening to you guys for almost 10 years now, so or nine years or so. Uh, but just thought I'd call and give you guys uh, a heads up that you guys are great. And um, I had two questions. One would be around your guys, uh, Glenn Danzig. Um, what do you think of his comic line from the early to mid-90s? Uh, and honestly, I don't even know it, like how far he went with his comic line and what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, I always thought his uh, the artwork and kind of overall stories were kind of neat, uh, maybe some uh, scripting. You know, like maybe somebody else could have done the writing on it. Uh, and then also um, I agree with you guys on Rob Zombie, um, Lords of Salem's his best movie, mostly because I think it's his most restrained movie. Every other movie Rob Zombie does, he leans into like the stuff that I don't like, the kind of like the, the griminess of uh, his characters and just kind of feels dirty and yucky. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, Lords of Salem, he was kind of restrained himself and it didn't feel like a Rob Zombie movie. And maybe that's one of the reasons I like it the best. But, uh, again, uh, congratulations on 200 episodes and going into your 10th year. Uh, keep going strong and I'll maybe give you guys a call back in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thanks for the support, Benji. I really appreciate it. It's always good hearing from someone who's been listening to the show for a while. And, yes. uh, you're right, man. Podbean is uh, has the whole story. Um, hmm. You know, uh, Apple Music and or Apple Podcast. You know, I think there's a certain drop off when you go back to a certain level. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, don't have all yeah, the episodes yeah. or something like that. I know. I, I believe that is true. And he was talking about what, like episode twelve or something like that. That's oh like, yeah, that's yeah. He's wild. way way back. And um, <laughs> definitely cool. And. Uh, but yeah, to some of his points that he was bringing up. Oh, by the way, he was saying your your brother Kevin uh, told yeah, him about yes. you. Uh, Kevin Castle. Uh, my brother Kevin has been in the podcasting world quite possibly since the year or two it began because uh, wrestling had a very big hand in early podcast days. And he was on a, uh, a wrestling show called Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. And that was probably among the first five wrestling podcasts ever apparently uh i'm not a wrestling guy but this is just this is just information i know from my my brothers so uh yeah and i, I guess back then kevin plugged the show and that's how we heard of it so that's really cool that's very cool uh but s some of his points uh i know that you're you're a verotic uh fan right mike danzig yes i have a take on on the danzig comic company on how it relates to danzig's life and career that a uh, friend of the show, Mark uh, Yoshitomi, pointed out one time, we were talking about it a few years ago, and he said that, he's like, is it me? Or when Viratic started, it's almost like when the Danzig decline started. And I was like, okay, I see what you mean. He's like, the, like, the whole aesthetic, everything changed. Like, like okay, you have the Danzig one, one through four is an era, right? Yes, absolutely. It has an aesthetic and it has a vibe and it has a feel. If you jump to like 95, 96, and I believe 95 is the year Viratic Comics starts, I believe. It might be 94, but it's in that pocket, okay? And all of a sudden, Glenn's, Glenn's aesthetic really changes on Danzig 5 and Danzig 666. And gone are the subtleties, gone are the simplicities, and it's kind of been replaced by this very gaudy mid-90s look. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I dig. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And some of that art in, 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 in the comics is, is cool. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. But it's some of it is weird and kind of clunky. Uh, not the not the Simon Bosley stuff. That stuff looks good, but like 
Danzig fancied himself this great comic book writer. He wrote like tons of that stuff. He did all the writing. He didn't do any of the drawings. And some of it is just really just okay to not good to bad. And that was almost a reflection of what was going on with Danzig's music at the time, in my opinion. I, I'm not a big fan of 666 and Danzig 5 I've come around to, but it's like, it's Danzig's midlife crisis. It's it's literally his midlife crisis. And aesthetically, musically, and it's just like, you know, all this weird shit happened. Chuck Biscuits, Erie, and John are gone. The band, quote unquote, is gone. And now you have this new mid-90s Danzig. So that is my Danzig take. And I wonder who will who will nod their head in that or who will not. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest. I, I was never really that into the Verotic line. I thought the Bisley stuff was cool, like Verotica. That was the one yeah. that, that Bisley did. Um, a lot of it I kind of like thumbed through and just was like, yeah, this is like, I guess it's okay, you know. But I was way, I was into different stuff, I think, you know. Um, Death Dealer was good. It, it, it looked good, but I don't know. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he's not a great comic book writer. And I believe he he probably thinks he's a great comic book writer. And don't, I, hey, Danzig is like my Elvis. I love Danzig. But, and so I'm allowed to say if I don't think his comic writing isn't that good. Um, <laughs> but at one point, the shit was like on fire and it was very popular. And now he puts out just, you know, a few issues a year and it's not a big deal as it, as it once was. But some of it was good, and some of it was not. Is my is my ultimate take on on right. the, the Danzig comics? Yeah. But uh, yeah, good. You know, also agrees with us about Lords of Salem, which uh, is definitely, I think, the best of uh, of zombies. Bob Zombies uh, output. Mm, um, up there. You know, yeah, I, I I like it. It's a little bit more restrained. You know, it's Tim doing. Uh, his take on Italian horror films, you know, very Argento inspired, but uh, that's, I think stands out. And a lot of people hate that movie. So what, who know? you know, what do you want from me? Yeah. It's also it's, got like <laughs> Jess Franco and it's, it's, it's European. It's just pretty. Yeah. Easy. Very Euro. Yeah. My favorite is always, you know, is will always be the devil's rejects. I, I there's just something about that movie. I think it, it's, I think it's the biggest budget he ever had. And it was just, you know, the music and it's got that a lot of the Scorsese ish moments. And he's just he's really going for it in that movie. And and I like it. And it gets really dark and dirty and sleazy. But cinematically, it looks really good. And that's probably my number one. And then like my number two might be Lords of Salem. And my number three would probably be Halloween, actually. Yeah. So next up, we got Brendan from Philly. Hey, Necromaniacs. This is Brendan in Philly, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just, uh, as the year-end approaches, I just wanted to uh, mention a few films that uh, haven't been mentioned on the pod. A um, couple, um, one is an interesting vampire movie. It's uh, Chilean. Um I think it, I don't know if it came out this year, but it definitely came out on Netflix this year. El Conde. Um it's a it's a weird film, but uh, it's got a dark atmosphere, kind of romantic, but it has some uh, historical parallels, some uh, political satire. So I thought it was just uh, just worth mentioning. And uh, the other is on Shutter, newer movie. It's definitely going to be on my top ten uh, of the year, which is uh, Birth, Rebirth, and uh, it's kind of a reanimation tale. But I thought. Uh, the one actress is really weird and and uh, kind of kind of funny and um, and then another one that I rented a while ago. Um, it's kind of goofy, but um, definitely um, has some uh, some punk references. It's uh, Dark Harvest and uh, it's like takes place in '63 and they're listening to the Damned. I don't know, it's weird and um, there's definitely some references in there which are kind of corny but uh it was just thought worth mentioning and uh on the uh the death metal front um haven't been going to too many shows missed some of the big bands like immolation and stuff but uh i did i'm thankful that i got to catch um undergang and their uh their small east coast tour that was back in october but man they fucking ripped but uh all right that's it uh just want to say what's up and uh happy holidays 
Once again, man, thank you very much for the support. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, interesting points. Uh, El Conde, I haven't seen that. Have you seen that, Mike, or, or heard no, of it? No, I have not so- seen it nor heard. I have not, no. Sounds good, though. It does. Oh, it <laughs> <Yeah>. definitely does. <laughs> and uh, good on you, man, for picking up on Birth Rebirth, because that's something that both you and you and me have, are agreed is like, uh, you know, a, a really, really good film. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, both actresses uh, were, were great. And it's 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 a good one, man. It's it's one of the high points of the year, uh, listeners. Uh, it's on Shutter. Uh, watch it at all costs. I think. I think. Uh, I think it's something that a lot of people are going to really dig when it comes to the the year end list. Personally, expect this will have an appearance uh, on the next episode as well. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a little teaser, you know. Um, and yeah, dude, I missed Undergang. Like I remember that tour coming, and I was like, oh, cool, I got to check them out. I think I even put it in my G Cal mm. and it just came and went, man. And I totally blew it. Well, Stella and I wanted to go and then she had to work and it was, it was, I believe it was a weeknight and then it sold out. And I was like, fuck me. Yeah. It was uh, uh undergang and piss grave. And I really also wanted to go see that. I've never seen undergang before and I'm a fan. So um, I've only seen piss grave once, like five years ago or six, like a while ago. So uh sadly missed that one and uh good for you that you got to see them i've been a lot of really cool people were at that show with uh like white long sleeve death metal shirts <laughs> well uh that's blood incantation man they brought back the white shirt i'm i'm not against the white shirt i gotta be honest i don't i it's lovely in the summertime i like it you know what i'm you know what i'm talking about though yes oh i know what you're talking about i do yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Due to like brand new demos of records that came out, like brand new cassette demos from 1988, you know? Well, they're into bands whose only format is the cassette, that kind of stuff, right? It's, yeah, the, the, yeah. the least, the hardest way to listen to the music in the world. And this is what I've chosen for my demo. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so that, that now that brings us to this week's uh, feature film. <laughs> yes. It's a wonderful knife. Wonderful knife. Yeah, we're we're on Christmas horror. Kids, you didn't think we would go the Christmas season without a Christmas horror movie, did you? I hope not. Uh I I brought this one up to Mr. Hill and he was like, sure, why not? Let's go for it. Uh yeah, last year we had a good we had a really good one last year, you know what I mean? Mm, and, yes, Christmas Bloody Christmas was great. And we're gonna see how we fare with this year's uh shutter exclusive. Uh it's a wonderful knife. Uh, directed by Tyler McIntyre and written by Michael Kennedy. Uh, Michael Kennedy, uh, I believe, uh, well, both of these guys, they, their names are, are being floated around quite a bit uh, this year, actually, it seems. Um, with the connection to uh, Five Nights at Freddy's and this movie, well, movie from 2017 called Tragedy Girls, which I've heard of but haven't seen. Um, and then, of course, uh, one of the VHS 99 segments, The Gawkers. Uh, right. Now, I need to see VHS 99 again, actually. Like, I, I saw it, but I don't even remember it for some reason. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the downslide, I think, of that. that I mean, they have a couple of moments, like the, the last few VHS collections, mm. you know, and... But I feel like it's really taking a nosedive as far as quality goes, honestly. Yeah, although I, I have to say, I did like this year's VHS. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, yeah a couple good things there. A couple good things. A couple good things. Um, yeah, we, we'll talk a, a little bit about the cast. Uh, it's got two two pretty well-known people in it. It's got uh, Justin Long, who's, I think, enjoying being in these horror movies. Mike, what about you? Oh, he's definitely chewing the scenery in this one, man. Yes, for sure. yes. Uh, Justin Long as Henry Waters. And it has uh, Joel McHale as David Carruthers. Joel McHale, of course. A lot of people remember from his time on the E-Network. He was the host of The Soup from 2004 to 2015. And then he was on uh, Community on NBC for a, a really long time as well. I actually like him, Joel McHale. I have no beef with Joel McHale, Mike. The fine actor, definitely. Yeah, he's good. Uh, and then we have Jane Wedop as kind of the star of the movie as Winnie Carruthers. 
uh, Jess McLeod as Bernie Simon, Catherine Isabel as Gail Prescott, Aiden Howard as uh, Jimmy Carruthers, uh, Aaron Boys as Judy Carruthers, and Sean Deppner as Buck Waters. Uh, you know what's funny? Within about five to, to ten minutes of watching this, I figured out, yep, this is shot in Canada. What about you? Yeah, it has a Canadian. Yeah, the whole thing drips of Canadianness. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, but what's funny is that, okay, it reminded me, like, the scenery, it just, I'm like, this reminds me of Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is shot in Canada. And sure enough, I did a little, little you know, research, and yep, it's shot in Canada. It, like, it had that look to it, right? Definitely. And a nice uh, appearance by uh, by Doyle. Yes, my cat Doyle has has made his way onto the Zoom. Unfortunately, the listeners can't see him. Uh, he, you know, he's he's stealing the show here. But yeah, uh, it took place uh, from March twentieth to April fourteenth of twenty twenty three in Vancouver. Gotta say, Mike, that's not a lot of time. <laughs> March twentieth to April fourteenth, right? I can say that it shows actually. <laughs> in my, my assessment of this Uh-oh. film, Uh-oh. but uh, you know, um. <laughs> Of course, this is a play on It's a Wonderful Life, mm -hmm. the 1945 yes. uh, classic, Christmas classic, featuring uh, Jimmy Stewart. So, um, you know, it's a play on those words. You know, there's certain riffs on it, you know, that yeah, yeah. come through. But uh, but yeah, you know, this is this is the uh, it's, a, it's a Christmas, staunchly Christmas uh, horror film. Now, OK. In in the forty six, it's a wonderful life, which I've seen, but again, I haven't re retained that movie like a lot of people have. Isn't it a thing where it's what would life be like if he killed himself, or is it what if he would like if he was never born? Do you remember? Yeah, he was going to jump off of a, a bridge, basically. Right. An, an angel right, comes right. down and is like, "I need to get my wings," you know, and. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, let's take a look at what the, the world would be like, what your family members and everyone that you love would be like without you, you know, if you didn't exist. If you did. Okay. So it is similar. Yeah, okay. So that's the similarity. If you weren't you know, born. You weren't born. Got it. Got it. Got it. Not yeah. If you what weren't would life born. be like if you killed yourself. Right. Not, it's no, not that. No. Right. Okay. So, I mean, this, this kind of like, you know, it, this, this follows that same trajectory as far as the narrative goes. Yeah. Know? It's the, what would it be like if you didn't exist kind of thing? Yeah. Exactly. Winnie, uh, the, the Winnie Carruthers character, who's basically, you know, the star of the film, right? Yeah. So it takes place uh, during Christmas season in Angel Falls, which is like a sick name for a town, if you ask me. Yes. Angel Falls. Yes. Very immolation. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah, very immolation. Yeah. Um, And of course we have, uh, you know, th there's the the town industry uh, guy, uh, mm -hmm. which is played by Justin Long, and I'm trying to get the names correct here. Uh, yeah, maybe you should take the lead on running down some of this oh, plot. He, he plays Henry Waters. Um, he's kind of like the guy that that like I guess you know wants to put force the town into the future, as they say. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, kind of sell the town out. Uh, basically turning the old Williamsburg into the new Williamsburg, I guess we we're going to say, is a New York uh, colloquialism, as they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's trying to force these this old, this family to sell, you know, the family house and, you know, right. leaning on people for the property and all that, you know, and to build like, you know, new developments and develop the, uh, you know, real estate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he wants to build an extravagant, luxurious shopping center in the quaint little town right and of course uh one of the guys uh who he, he wants to buy from this elderly gentleman um excuse me uh does of course not want to sell his land right and he's you know uh and did it take you as fast as it took me to figure out like the the some of the like initial beats as to where this was going to go and say who the quote unquote killer was going to be. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty. There was really no suspense in this movie, really. No, you know? suspense is not a word I would use for this. No, movie. not at all. And, and I got to be honest with you, this is and this is I was trying to describe my feelings during watching this film. <laughs> and like. It was the visuals were going into my eyes, right? Mm. 
but nothing was really catching in my brain as I was watching this movie. Like I was watching this movie, but nothing was like impacting me at all when I was watching it. You know what I mean? It's like I was taking in the information, but nothing was, was really sinking in with me as far as like interest or, uh, you know, no suspense. I was vaguely annoyed by the characters. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, I wasn't checking my phone, but I was like worth every now and then I would look, all right, you know, look at my watch. Be like, oh, you know, how, how much more do I think I have this left? Were you, you thinking know? about the grocery list? Is that what you're saying? Is yeah. I was like thinking about it's Friday night. Like, should I go, should we go out to eat tonight or make something at home? You know, like it, cause I watched it on a Friday night. So it was like you right. know, work week was over and all that sort of stuff. So, well, I gotta be honest, Mike and listeners, this, I kind of enjoyed this movie. I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of kind of fun, you know. Uh it has it has very modern beats, listeners. Um meaning there are uh queer characters in this movie. There are several, right, Mike? Yes, and that's the other thing. It's like you got um you have you have all everyone's represented, you know. Yes. You have white people, oh, yes. right? Mm -hmm. You have a a uh, um, an African American uh, woman who is the granddaughter of a white person, right? Yes, yes. And we have gay, right? Mm -hmm. And then Two gay couples, a lesbian couple, and a yeah, gay, and well, there's a lesbian couple who is the main character's aunt and and her wife. Yep. And then you have the brother of the main character who's gay, and then you have football player. A, another yes, who's a football player, and then there's another gay character who he hooks up with who's i mean he's not really in the movie too long and then well it ends up with yet two more gay characters but here's the thing i actually didn't mind any of this though i i, didn't, I don't mind any yeah. of it but it's like i actually have a i have a gay aunt so it's like yeah. in my, i'm used to that from mm -hmm. being a kid you know but no, i didn't mind anything of it but it's like it's a little virtue signally you know what i mean it's a little like um, like check me out. Hmm. We're so progressive in our thoughts. I mean, I know I don't want to sound like some kind of like right wing like boomer when I talk when I talk right, about right. This stuff. Right, right, right. But it, but you know, uh, South Park actually had an episode about this kind of stuff too. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yes, that's true. It's like, all right, cool, we get it. You know, I, I get it. You know, we're in a diverse world. There's all kinds of people. I know. I've known this for my entire life. That's awesome. But after a while, you're just like, okay, you you have a checklist of characters yeah. you have to include in this thing and it's funny look some films and tv shows the checklist is very obvious this one i actually i think i i was i was kind of getting into the movie so much where I, where all that other stuff was in the back of my head and whatever but I, at the very end though like i kind of called where it was gonna go at the very end <laughs> between well, two of the characters yeah because what happens was all right, there's there's a there's a shift. There's like um all right, we'll just get into a little bit of the plot points here. So there's a murderer. Yes. You know, and um the angel killer. The angel right? killer. The angel killer. He's, a, he's an all white. I gotta say, I kinda liked the outfit. I kinda liked it. I was I was into the look. Mm. It's pretty cool, definitely. It looks a little bit like Moon Knight or something yes, like that. Moon Knighty, yes. <laughs> so so there's you know, there's this guy murdering people and um and it turns out, you know, a lot, all a lot of Winnie's friends and family get killed. Winnie is the one who actually takes out the angel killer. Yeah, very in the beginning of the film, we see her as a, you know a hero. It turns out that it's the the brother of uh, you know it, it's homeboy it's, there. It's Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Uh, sorry, listeners. Spoiler alert there. Um, but the thing is, this that you kind of had that on lock again very quickly in the movie. But the movie has kind of just begun after he's been killed, right? I mean, the movie. Yeah, yeah. That that's this is all like background, basically. Right. It's not it, that's not the reveal that Justin Long was the killer. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Also, some commentary on Justin Long with his fake tan and those those like <laughs> prosthetic teeth that he. <laughs> yes. See, like that. There was again. I kind of was. I enjoyed his performance, and I enjoyed Joel McHale. Like I was. No, I was I was into that. I was into it. I was into it. <laughs> yeah, also on Eastbound and Down on uh, yes. one of the seasons too. Excellent role on there. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
So there's all sorts of fallout mm-hmm. against Winnie, you know, because it just, you know, she killed the guy and all this stuff. And uh, right. But she's at, she's at a the next Christmas of the next year. It jumps ahead. Yeah. But there's a party scene where there's this outcast girl. They always, they call her weirdo, right? Weirdo, yes. Weirdo. And right away, I'm like, oh, they're going to be like, there's something between the two of them. Because uh, Winnie discovers that her boyfriend's cheating on her and, you know. At the party, with, yeah. At the party. And the weirdo is trying to, like, save her from getting her feelings. So, oh, he's out in the backyard or whatever. Mm. And someone else is like, oh, no, he's actually in the laundry room. So she's like, catches him. Right, with right. Some other right. woman, right? Mm-hmm. The other girl, because we're talking about high school kids in this uh, stage, I, I suppose. Yes. So, um, it's like, oh, there's a thing here that's going to manifest somewhere down the line. So, there's a slip that has to do with the aurora, where at a certain particular time, that you get shifted to a different dimension, and there's another version of this town where Winnie doesn't exist similar to it's a wonderful life. Right. Well, she kind of makes a wish upon it, so to speak. You yeah. Know? Um, and because it's like, she's really kind of depressed and sad. Like her parents are kind of being shitty to her. Uh, it's a year later and she's really, it doesn't sit very right with her that she's killed someone. Uh, she has no boyfriend. Like, you know, she's, she's down in the dumps. Yeah. So, so, What's being illustrated to her is what life would be like in Angel Falls if she did not exist, mm-hmm. right? Which I thought was really funny, you know? Mm-hmm. So at this stage, the angel killer is like running rampant through the town, murdering yes, He's just like a fixture now. Like the kill- the angel killer is just like out and about killing on like a weekly basis because she was never born and she never killed the angel killer. Pretty funny. Town is like this total like shithole where everyone's like smoking meth and, yes. and not drugs right <laughs> yep i thought that was really funny like there's like good scenes of them smoking drugs and like parties and stuff like that yeah like everyone is kind of like a, a big mess because she doesn't exist right yeah so that that was kind of funny you know um yeah so it, it kind of just goes from there and that's kind of like when the actual film itself that you're yeah. you know you're, you're yeah, in the yeah. midst of is kind of starts from there picks up from that point yeah, and she she's meeting like her friends for the quote first time. She goes into her home, and her mom is a mess. And that her mom and dad don't know who she is. They're like, you know, what I'm saying it's like how, how all that is kind of going to unravel. Like, you know, if a strange young lady walks into your house who was who was really your daughter, but in this timeline, it's just some strange lady. You know, you, you, you're going to react, obviously. Yeah, so the town is under the specter of the angel killer, which I thought was awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a scene where they're investigating, like the brother is like the cop. He's like the sheriff, right? Yeah. So he's like, oh, call the canine unit down. And the, and he's like, you know, I don't think it's going to help us solve the crime. It's going to, you know, it's going to create a good vibe. You know? <laughs> Which I thought that was the part that stuck out of me is particularly funny, though. Oh, uh, one of the big major differences, though, in her, navi- her never having been born is that her her brother, Jimmy, is one of the victims of the angel killer and is dead in this new reality. Whereas he was alive in the old reality. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's like, it's like a little bit of an else worlds thing, you know, where it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that I thought was interesting. You know, I, I always think it's, I always like those kind of riffs on, on, um, you know, the what ifs, like what if this thing had changed, what would the world be like? So that, that I found to be a little bit interesting. Dude, you know what's interesting? I just realized this, and this was even being shot at the same time Thanksgiving was being shot, it, it, like early early twenty twenty three, like almost the same around, like same time frame. How about that? <laughs> because I think there's, I mean, <laughs> would it be funny if there's similar like locations that were used? Could be. You never know. Could be. Very very possible, right? Hmm. Yeah. Although I think Thanksgiving they 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 threw down some more. Coin. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Probably bet the farm on that. This was yeah. This is you know fairly low budget, as they say. Yes. Yeah, it looks like a sci-fi channel, like 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 TV movie sort of. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. I'm just stating what it looks like. You know. Right. Oh, exactly. Um, but I will say though, the the the, the kill scenes, the effects, I, I thought looked 
pretty damn good. Uh, you know, it looked like there was a lot of like practical effects, not like any of these extravagant, not a lot of extravagant CGI, I would say, right? Definitely majority practical. I didn't see any major CGI in this, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, and again, the the the, the killer's kind of outfit was interesting. You know, it, it almost, some of this movie reminded me of, what was that movie from two years ago that was kind of a hit with the Malignant? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was knife, a big It almost game. Looked, like the, looked like the knife from Malignant, actually. Like the same kind of like, I don't know. It gave me those vibes too, Malignant vibes. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, Malignant was another was a film I didn't really care for either, honestly. No, but it it made made a lot of money that year. Actually, it was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. That was a James Wan movie, I think. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. But yeah, look, there's a lot of things in this movie that I think a, a seasoned tar person, or maybe even a not that seasoned tar person, could probably figure out, as they say, as the movie is going along, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's like. Like I said, no suspense. So really, if you you have to enjoy the characters and sort of the set pieces, and um, you know, just the the whole banter of the film too, you know, and that's really what you're you're going to get out of this movie. You know what I mean? It's not so much like you know tension or any of that sort of stuff. It's completely absent from this this movie. You know, and it's a comedy too. So yeah, there you go. It, it's our comedy and. Uh, one of the darker notes is that, uh, unfortunately, Joel McHale's character, David Carruthers, who was her dad, has really fallen under the spell of Justin Long, Henry Waters. You know, he's his boss and he works for him. Uh, so much so that he's he's ready to kill for him, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> because he, he dons the, the ice, uh, you know, the, the killer costume and uh, ends up being killed by his own daughter. Darkness, definitely dark. I didn't expect that's the one thing I didn't expect actually in this movie. Yeah. Was yeah. that that was going to be the, the resolution. And though, you know, for for a comedy, definitely a little bit unexpected. Yeah, that that was kind of surprising, actually. Um I might have thought like, okay, I mean, I figured it for it to for it to be uh Justin Long the whole time might not have made sense. Like he might have had like some some minions or you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, like some faceless minions. But yeah, when they when they revealed that it actually was Joel McHale's character, I was like, oh, how about that? You know, I thought that was interesting. So uh, you know, as we were saying, uh, you know, Winnie and the weirdo uh, girl, you know, uh, they, Bernie, they Bernie, Bernie, yeah, yeah, they bond. You know, she takes her into a room. She shows her her, uh, you know, her pieces that she was working on for fashion and she's like well maybe we can you know go to new york together or something like that you know so there's a budding right modern yeah. romance there you know mm -hmm. yes there's a lot of like close close mo like their faces get very close together like that's how you know at some point they're going to kiss or hook up would you agree exactly yeah <laughs> because there's no reason for the two characters faces to be that close together Unless you're setting up something for something down the line, you know. <laughs> but I kind of figured that in the beginning, anyway. You yeah, know, yeah, I wasn't sure in the beginning. Huh. Judging from the uh, just the environment uh, that we're we're working in within this. Uh, uh, okay, know? that is true. Yeah, I hear you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look, as you get to the end, it's it's kind of like. It had almost like a like a, a Scooby Dooish ending uh, to to me. No, like where it's like they're they're all rustled in the town square, and of course everyone now in the town square is kind of under under the spell uh, of Justin Long's uh, character. And did you notice there's a point where like everybody's eyes are kind of like wide, and you know, um, I don't know. Like again. While I enjoyed it, I mean the movies. The movie went by really fast. I thought it's like it's just like about eighty-seven minutes. You know, yeah, yeah, it's eighty-seven minutes. It's yeah, tight. It's a it's a tight movie. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, the movie just moves right along for sure. Hmm. Um, and look, it kind of wraps itself up in, in a bow at the end, where you know they they take out the. Uh, what what he called character Justin Long and kind of saved the day and and of course we get 
<laughs> we we get the kiss between Winnie and uh, Bernie, which, you know, Mike Hill saw from a mile away, which I, I have to say, I don't know if I saw that right away. <laughs> um, and she does make her way back to her real timeline, right? Yeah, because there's a uh, a thing with this, uh, the Aurora, how that's like, you know, the, the space between the dimensions is thin and, you know, you have with it, if you have the right intention, you can go between the two dimensions. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, but you know she, she of course she ends just like jimmy stewart <laughs> she ends up back in her own time and she realizes what she actually has and is fortunate and has a new lease on life as they say yeah exactly i mean but the interesting thing is that it's like there, there's some some weird shit that's left behind like okay i killed my dad uh, a lot of people are dead in this other timeline and the interesting another interesting thing for me was that how is it that, I guess it's the suspension of disbelief, that the Bernie of the other timeline, when she sees uh, Winnie now in the, in, the, in the, you know, start of the movie timeline, she ever, like she, she knows everything. And they're, they're, they're about to, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, I know that we kissed and we're, all, you know what I'm saying? I thought that was just like an interesting take. Like, I guess like she was able to retain all those, Memories, I don't know. Like it's kind of a, a jump, a jump, leap of faith, right? Well, he had to, you know, make some sort of leap of faith with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she, she had like so. Basically, she's the girl from the other timeline and the girl from the current timeline. A little bit of both, right? <laughs> Without any explanation or any path of logic, yes. <laughs> right. There's no. You no, have no. to just accept that. You know. Right. You have to kind of accept that. But I gotta say though, again. I felt happy for for Winnie and Bernie. I did. I, I felt happiness. Yeah, the spirit, the Christmas spirit, moved me, Mike. I felt happy for for the two of them for finding love in this crazy mixed up world. Yeah, I, you know, it had a nice ending, holiday season, and all that jazz. You know. Now, listeners, we've left some things out. Uh, I mean, there, there's a little more meat on the bone here. But I think we gave you the gist of, of this this holiday yarn. Um, it wasn't Christmas, bloody Christmas. It's not Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, uh, it's not Black Christmas. No, it's, uh, it's it's none of those movies, right? Not not a, not even remotely any of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, it's a new Christmas horror. Hey. As long as the show is on, if there's a new Christmas horror movie and it's Christmas time, the chances are we're going to talk about it. Would you agree? Yeah, we had to. You know, I mean, it's. I'm glad I saw it. It's the holiday season. You know, it's like, um, you know, I want to support Shutter Originals. I want yeah. to support, you know, new horror films and you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, definitely worth checking out for sure, especially now. Like after January 1st, I, I wouldn't watch this, but... But uh, no, no. holiday holiday horror for sure, yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's I had fun watching it, Mike. Um, that is why I'm I'm actually I'm actually going to give this puppy on our necromaniac scale of one to five. I'm giving it a three point five. I I, okay. I had fun watching it. It's worth. I think it's worth seeing for the listeners. I think it's worth seeing, and I, I it had it had some some heart and some charm. And it had a nice ending. And you know what? Why not give uh, the, the queer community their own Christmas horror movie, if you could look at it that way? Why not, right? Sure, yeah. Um, Maybe it could have been a better movie in itself. There's that to think about. But again, I, 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 had, I had fun watching it, and I didn't regret my, my 90 minutes here. So I'm giving it a 3.5. I did not have as favorable of an opinion as you did, Mike. Hmm, okay. Um, you know, yeah, let's give the queer horror community their own film, but let's give them a good one. Yes, <laughs> there's that. There's that. You yes. know, and um, <laughs> like that's not enough for me to give it a high ranking. You know, hmm. um, I would love to give everyone excellent movies to watch. And this just to me wasn't an excellent film. Hmm. Definitely worth checking out in the holiday season. I give it a 2.5 out of 5. 2.5. Okay. Yeah, I almost yeah. was gonna go three, and then I, again, I think the the spirit of the season moved me to three point five. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely gonna be a three actually for me. Um, 
but uh, you know, I'm feeling uh, merry, as they say. <laughs> um, it's funny. I think looking back uh, on at the Christmas horror movies we've covered, somewhere in there is a Black Christmas one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For no doubt, we covered that one for sure. It's classic. Some, if there's a newer listener wondering if that exists, I believe it does exist. Uh, I wish I could just yank what number episode it is out there for you, but uh, it is there somewhere. And then, of course, last year, you don't have to go too far for our Christmas Bloody Christmas episode. And there is a Silent Night episode. Remember that movie from a few years ago? That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. we, we do our best to make sure the Christmas season covered. Um, I am not a hundred percent sure if there's a Silent Night, Deadly Night episode. Actually, I don't know. You know somewhere we should make a list of our episodes, actually, so that we can oh, refer to. Lovely. Like a Google, a universal Google document. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, maybe post it for the fans too, the listeners, so they can check them out and go back to some of the older material. Mm, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know. Not a ton of home runs for the Shutter exclusives, but definitely some good ones, though. Uh, Birth, Rebirth, man. Check that out, listeners. Although I'm sure some of you have. That was a good one. Mm. All right. Well, we got one more episode for the year left, and that's next week. And that is our year-end extravaganza. So we hope to, you know, all you guys, catch you guys next week. And until then, have a good week. Have a good week. Happy holidays, everybody. Yes. Happy holidays. Cheers. Yeah, because Hanukkah has, has uh, started already. So, yes, Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Cheers. <laughs> right, take care.